You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It seems ages ago, but we count it in days where team surveillance said we're going to speak to people with experience. We had a screaming eagle of the uh, 101st Airborne with us, I believe, yesterday. We had a Marine of Fallujah with us a few days ago. And now on the political front, we have someone controversial, opinionated. Whether you agree or disagree with John Bolton, read his Telegraph article, which sets up the region and Iran as we look at a fracture. Eastern Mediterranean. He's a former United States ambassador to the United Nations, former national security advisor, and a fractious relationship with President Trump. Ambassador Bolton, thank you so much for joining Bloomberg uh, today. Glad I'm not, to be with you. I'm not going to mince words, John. You go back to an internship with a guy named Spiro T. Agnew. You have seen it all. How is this different from 1967 and 1973? Well, I think in Washington, uh, we really are suffering from an acute lack of leadership and, and by a lot of people who forget that they were sent here not to represent themselves, but to represent the country. You know, you remember back in the in the, in the British Parliament in, in uh, World War II when the labor leader got up after one of uh, Neville Chamberlain's acts of appeasement and said he was there to speak for the labor leader who was not around. And Leo Amory, a conservative MP, got up and said, speak for England. And what we need people in Washington to be doing is speaking for America, and sadly, they're not. To look back with 2020 vision, how did we get here within the administration that you served in recently, the Trump administration? Do we have these evil and difficult events because we were off the watch one and three and five years ago? Yeah, look, I, I think we have failed to see what's been happening uh, in, in the Middle East coherently for close to 20 years now. And I think at the root of it, the principal threat to peace and security in the Middle East today and for some years back has been Iran. Uh, in, in the current circumstance, uh, they're the ones who have armed and trained and equipped and financed Hamas. They've done the same with Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They've done the same with Hezbollah. They've done the same with the Syrian military. And remember just yesterday, demonstrating, again, they've done it with the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Uh, a U.S. destroyer in the Red Sea destroyed several cruise missiles and I think some drones heading north uh, in the Red Sea, probably toward Israel. So the Houthis wouldn't have two rocks to rub together if it weren't for the equipment Iran has given them. Iran is the central factor here. And last night, the president's address, which was fine as far as it went, did not address that crucial point. How can you have a strategy if you don't know what the main threat is? Who's more vulnerable right now, Iran or Israel? 
Well, I think at the moment it's uh, it's Israel, but I think Israel's perfectly equipped to deal with this on their own. And I, I hope I hope they haven't lost the the spirit they once had, which is they will defend themselves. They can do it alone. Uh, they can use weapons, but they don't expect anybody else to come and fight their battles for them. Or, nor do they expect to take direction from anybody else either. And I do think there's something to the argument that that uh, bear hug that uh, President Biden gave Bibi Netanyahu was not just affection, but an effort to uh, insert himself into Israeli decision making. Frankly, I'd rather have Netanyahu make the decisions than Biden. If you're faced with a threat like we've seen in Hamas and, and the deeper threat, the real threat from Iran, you know, you can live with it for a long time until you die from it. And uh, and that's why I think the government of Israel, and I think even more than that, perhaps the people of Israel, intend to see the Hamas threat eliminated in the Gaza Strip. A lot of people are saying that one of the big sticking points for the U.S. going more aggressively after Iran right now is, A, it would cause an even bigger conflagration, and putting that genie back in the bottle is very difficult. B, you have a population in Iran that actually supports the United States and Israel to a large degree and doesn't necessarily agree with the uh, the government positions. And number three, oil prices would surge, and that would be a problem for the global economy. How important is that third factor to take into consideration? Look, I think the concern the White House has for, for rising oil prices is in the United States. They're worried about November of next year. That's why they signed this, this, uh, this atrocious agreement with uh, Maduro in Venezuela to pretend that he's going to have free elections uh, and, and to allow U.S. sanctions on the export of Venezuelan oil to disappear. I think they're desperate not to uh, have oil prices go up. The easy way, of course, would be to allow more oil production in the United States, but they don't want to do that because uh -huh. if the oil industry here got stronger, it would be harder to dismantle for their green agenda. The, the, the real question is, do you want to deal with the threat from Iran, or do you want to pretend that it doesn't exist? The administration uh, has gone out of its way right. to pretend that it doesn't exist, including uh, its chief Iran negotiator, Rob Malley, being having his security clearance suspended in April by the State Department's uh, Diplomatic Security Bureau. The, the chief negotiator under security investigation. Right. It's just unbelievable. John, my book of the year is Robert D. Kaplan's The Loom of Time, which stretches from Morocco all the way over to Persia. And the answer here, Ambassador Bolton, is we have to carve out a relationship with friends within the Middle East. How do we prosecute a new strategy with Sunni Saudi Arabia versus Shia Iran, which you consider to be our major threat? Well, I think the threat is the regime in Iran. I, I don't have any quarrel with the Iranian people. We, we've had good relations with them before. And I think one reason uh, that Iran took this opportunity now, and coincidentally the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, is they were very worried that the strategic closeness between the Gulf Arab states in particular and Israel uh, might be reaching a point where they could no longer affect it. So that this for them, for Iran, uh, for the mullahs in Tehran, was a critical moment to act. I think things were moving in the right direction. In fact, I think if you ask the Gulf Arabs, uh, they have greater faith in Israel's strategic right. vision of the region than they do with the United States. John Bolton, one final question. What is the new isolationism of America? We want to run from this to a great extent. That's what the polling says. There's certain domestic tensions. Are we isolationist as we await for this war? 
Not yet, but there are two factors causing it. One is Donald Trump, uh, and I think he's had a, a pervasive effect, sad to say, in the Republican Party. The second is, for many years, our politicians have not treated our citizens like adults and told them what the threats are that we face in the world. I think if you talk to citizens uh, like they're, they're, they are adults, they'll understand the threat. They'll do what we've always done as Americans and find ways to defend ourselves. If you act like the rest of the world doesn't matter, when suddenly find that it does, it's no wonder people are surprised if their leaders have been negligent. John Bolton, thank you for joining Bloomberg Surveillance this morning. Ambassador Bolton, a former national security advisor. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.